0: And your question was what are the best practices for setting up a new coaching program so give me a little details have you done coaching before what's the goal of the coaching give me a little bit of background
1: sure so I think uh you sent out an email a while back about why you set up the coaching and we have similar reasons for wanting to do this our we have a popular course, but the completion rate is about 15%. And yep. aside from that, the financial benefits from coaching seem appealing. So we want to set up something similar to what you've got, group coaching. We haven't done anything like that before, but we have a lot of people in our audience, a list of about 40,000 people who would pay a higher ticket price, but we don't have anything to sell them. Basically, I think also just from a personal perspective, you know, after a while selling online courses, it gets a bit repetitive and I think there's a bunch of new skills that I need to learn in order to run a coaching program successfully. So that appeals to me as well. Just the growth that would come from that. So that's why we want to do it. But yeah, I've little experience, I've kind of passively studied what you're doing. And I find it interesting. So I do have a few little questions. But.
0: So let me maybe summarize the reason you want to start a coaching program. You could help more people, you potentially could it's make more money. money. And it's just an interesting thing you haven't done before. Was that?
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. Essentially. And
0: yeah. your little board of courses.
1: Yeah. And I think this is the the next step for us.
0: So let's talk about the board on courses thing first before we move on, because this is something I see regularly just in any business model where like one of the people there's multiple issues uh, with this particular person, but there's a guy named Dave Ramsey who's probably one of the original course creator people. He sold the same course and the same radio show for three hours a day for 25 years. There is a 100% chance he, uh, he is completely bored and annoyed at every question that ever gets asked on his radio show now, because he's been asked that same question a hundred times. And there's a lot to be said for someone sticking with the same thing every time. So I would just say one thing, you know, I would one thing that um, I think is important is to make sure that all decisions go back to uh, my vision. What's my vision for this company? Why am I doing it? And what's our goal we're trying to accomplish? And all those being externally focused things, I think having an equivalent on the internal is important as well. And then, as you go through different conversations like this, you can always come back to that. If, I think it's really healthy to say, "What am I just interested in?" That's a good place to go. Yeah, yeah. If you if that weights more than if that's the number one factor, then you're always just chasing stuff everywhere. Um, I, I would just be that's a that is a variable, but I would put it as one of the one, like number three or five on the list. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I know, I know you what you're say saying about your vision and being bored of your visions now that's a whole nother thing so anyways i would just be a little cautious around that like i see a lot of course creators you know do go hard Like, even really successful people you follow they go hardcore in courses for three to five years and they quit because it doesn't work anymore it's like no you i don't want
1: to to do that um like i we we don't want to stop doing courses i think we still will because it works for us and i do like ramit sadie's double engine growth strategy like we've basically been trying to follow that mm-hmm. in terms of launching new products but this is something i think we'd layer on top
0: yeah and, have and the i courses. think it makes a lot of sense i think almost any established online course creator that wants to run a business yeah. uh, which is not I mean, you know, a lot of them don't want to do that And that's perfectly fine it just comes back to your own personal desire I think a very obvious second product before you even launch a second course, assuming your first one has been successful and you're in the cool. seven fifty to $1.5 million range with your course. Cause I would, I would just focus on that until you get there and then you can layer a second right. one, is a coached version of that, of that course. So it's, you have this methodology you've taught to hundreds or thousands of people. It's really refined, but you have a, the top third of people would really like you to work with them specifically yeah. and help them implement what's done there. And I think, I mean, you could double the business in a year just with that, or more. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very smart to think about in that situation. But that's very different than online courses are repetitive. So that's a little bit of a yellow flag for me when hearing someone say that. That's really not anything to do with coaching. not going to solve that because you're eventually going to get bored of coaching too. That's why I went there first. Uh, yeah. Evaluate what my goal, my personal internal goal is with this entire business, and why am I doing this in the first place? What is my vision? what is, why does this exist? I would go that first and feel very confident in that. And then come back to, all right, like get a talk with someone for two hours, go to like a psychologist and just talk process a little bit as a little yeah. bit what we're doing in a micro environment here, but, and talk through that. If I'm thinking I'm just kind of bored, that's a whole nother thing that no product's ever going to solve. But Yeah.
1: I, yeah. We that's need, not my motivation, but
0: Maybe they come. What I would love to hear, and we'll move on to your actual question in a minute and just kind of talking about this uh, thing.
1: What I'd love to hear is, yeah,
0: we got you know 50 people every month come to us and they're like, man, we want you to work with us to execute this. Now, that's a whole nother conversation and it's indicative of, I think that coming from a super healthy, obvious place. Um, yep. so to answer your question, what are best practices? First of all, I would ignore all best practices and re- think back through what do my people want? The first thing I would do get the mom test. We talked about this last week. Read it before you do anything. Um, that'll just help you because you need to think about this new product, not as I'm going to copy Brown's coaching thing or copy Ramit's thing or kind of take this. Like All those are perfectly fine things to do when you get into like actually putting together the product. But if you want to put together a product that's going to be a 3 to $5 million business center for you over the next five to 10 years, then build it right from the start. And that just involves, like, let it marinate some. Like, if you just thought about this two weeks ago or a month ago, like, don't, like, sometimes there's value in rushing and, like, getting one customer and trying it out. We're going to, we just did a brainstorm meeting yesterday on uh, doing some done-for-you stuff. And it was totally a brainstorm. I think I'm going to publish this as a podcast. I just need to bleep out some names and specifics we said in some areas. But I think it will give you insight at least to how I think about creating a new thing. So, first of all, I would read the mom test first. Second, go read our valid, type in video fruit validation, read that blog post second. That'll just get you, don't don't even worry about how to takeaways from those. Just like let that product methodology just kind of bake into your psyche a little bit. Yeah, And yeah. then come up with like the first question you have to answer is what problem am I solving? And like before you do anything, you have to answer that question and be very clear on it. And that you might massage that actual wording as you go. We typically do as we do a new free tool or product or whatever. But you have to answer like, what question am I solving and who am I solving it for? So we're trying to help businesses like for this uh, done for you product kind of route we were talking about. It was we want to help businesses in the three to five million dollar range that have five to 10 employees, one or two marketing people, add partnerships as a third, second or third growth channel to their business. That was kind of the workshop. I mean, it's kind of long, but you can get really specific with that. And now it's like, okay, what's the first step to that? And what we came away uh, yesterday's conversation, which we're not even doing anything. We're just going to let it sit for two or three weeks and come back. And we didn't even schedule a meeting intentionally. If in two to three weeks, we're still all thinking about it, then we'll schedule a meeting and talk about it more. But we kind of just like throw stuff against the wall and see what happens. But uh, our, our step we kind of took away practical was, all right, if we still are interested in this in three weeks, let's do it for ourselves first. And we kind of yeah. came up with some specifics of how to do that and what that would look like. Um so, but first you have to define like what problem are you solving and then just work backwards to what is the best, um, what is the best thing that's ever been created to solve that problem? And how can we create that? I'm going to paste in real quick, a couple, uh, did that work? Yeah, here we go. Uh, so I just paste it in a few quotes that I keep them in a little text expander. Anytime we go to build a product or revise a product or something, we pull these up and read them first. Um, so good products rarely begin with technical know- and a lot of these are baked in the software world, but software people are actually good at building products most of the time and force people and info people totally suck at it. So I try to pull <laughs> a lot of product methodology from that world because they think through it methodically for the most part. Um, yeah. Good products rarely begin with technical know-how. Good products rarely, be- good coaching services rarely begin with copying other people or knowing how to put together the technical pieces. They arise from deeply considered solutions to problems. So first you have to identify the problem. And then you to just think about it for a month. Another variable in there, this is, you know, and this is very much a case-by-case case basis, some, something I do sometimes is I'll think about it, knowing my gut, all right, I think this is something we should probably pursue, but I still don't know 100% if we will. And I'll just go do it one time just to see what it feels like. See, and that can overcome a lot of thinking. Don't launch it, find one person. Like I texted someone yesterday, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this done for you partnership thing. I thought like maybe it will be 10 gay a month would y'all buy it? He's like, yeah, I'd be interested. Like, okay, cool. All right, I'll get back to you. I don't know if we'll ever do it, but it's just a random conversation. Uh, but if we did it, we would do it for ourselves. And if that worked for ourselves, we're like, all right, I think we can probably do it. And we have the people to do it. Then no, I would probably go to him next and get them and then see if that worked. And so then probably have to hire one or two people to execute. So I'd read over these quotes, read the mom test, read the validation blog post. Um, as far as just answering your question, you're actually asking here, for us, when you say the word group coaching, our uh, recoil. Um, we this is the only aspect of any part of the program we do that has a group element to it, and there's so many connotations associated with group coaching. So there are many programs that are sold for ten to fifteen thousand dollars, and you get a online course and like four Q and A calls. And I just know that's what we do in our actual online course that we used to sell ten k subs. You actually got Q and A calls for life or a year. Or I forget the time frame, but you got those forever and you got unlimited consulting for a year and you get an online course. And that was like one to three K. One of the problems we were trying to solve, one of the goals of the program was a hundred percent success rate uh, of yeah. accelerator of this, like everything is trying to go for that. And I know just giving someone a self-paced online course, it's a one size fits all path and yeah. having them proactively get on a call and ask questions. Isn't the best route for that. We've done that. It doesn't work all that well. Yeah. Uh, you just have to go huge volume play on that. So I, I would work backwards to what, just throw out all logical, don't really worry about fulfillment in this conversation at all. Just yeah. have a conversation with you and a couple of teammates and say, here's the problem. Forget everything you've ever seen anyone do to try to solve it. What's the yeah. best thing we could do to solve this and start with like doing a lot of stuff for them. Start with yeah. customizing each person's specific path and checking on them and monitoring yeah. everything to do every day. And like, I don't know, there's like, Totally throw stuff out. There's a podcast episode you should listen to as well. Put this in your stuff to bake in your psyche. It was on Reed Hoffman's podcast. Uh, what's that called? Something to scale. I don't remember. Anyway, just Google Reed Hoffman Podcast, the yep. LinkedIn guy. And it was with the founders of Airbnb. Was it Tim Ferriss? No, I don't remember. Anyway, either Reed Hoffman or Tim Ferriss in an interview with Brian Chesky Chelsky or whatever and his partner, whatever his name is. And they were talking about the 11 star experience. Maybe if you Google 11 star experience Airbnb, you might find that podcast episode a little easier. Um, Matt, maybe do a quick little research, see if you can find out when we post it in chat. But they talk about this process, and we'll, we'll wrap up this question here. They talk about the process of it's just a really good product brainstorming. You could take this with your online course. Uh, and they said, what, what would an early days of Airbnb, what would a one star experience with our product look like? It would look like you come to the site. It takes 17 minutes to load. You search and you find no, uh, no houses to stay in your city. All right. What would a three star experience look like? Three star experience. You would search. It would take a minute to load. You'd find some options. The pictures would be a little janky, but you'd find something you'd book it. And then you may not hear back from the person you booked for, but you show up and it's halfway decent and you're, you know, it's a cool experience. That's a three star five star experience. Um, it's what everyone's goaling for and this is why the 11 star experience is an interesting exercise a five star experience actually let's go six star experiences we had one of these one time on the the first Airbnb's I booked we booked this place in Jasper Georgia we show up and it's this an amazing place it was 200 bucks a night it was a little like two or three day retreat me and my wife and our, our oldest was a little small at the time we had our dog with us we show up and she had gift bags for all of us with our names on them she had a the dog bowl with the dog's name on it and his type of dog food that he liked that she found out some kind of way she had truffles like chocolate truffles all throughout the house. She had a a two or three bottles of wine and a spread of cheese and grapes. It was just like bathrobe. That was just like absolutely mind blowing. Six star experience. We talked, I wrote a blog post about it and emailed out the link to her booking. Um, uh, What would a nine star experience look like? Like you land at the airport, there's a limo there with a guy with your sign on it, waiting to pick you up. He drives you to the place and you know, there's a massage therapist waiting on you and you know, whatever, 11 star experience you land and Elon Musk is meeting you there and there's an elephant and they have a parade for you where you go to this city and you, and you know, so you just get like ludicrous, but it's a super, like actually have a one hour call with your team and just take your course and go 11 star experience. And just like totally, it's really fascinating to get other people's input that know your business well uh, into that. Do that for your coaching program, define the problem, define who we're solving it for, let these three information pieces bake in and then define what a one, three, five, six, eleven three, five, six, 11-star experience looks like, and then try to do a seven-star experience for it. You won't be there on day one. Day one, you'll be like a two, and yeah, then a yeah. year later, you'll be like a four, and then four years later, you'll be a seven, and you have to work your way up to executing. If you try to be an 11 from day one, it will be paralyzing and never do anything. But it's a good experiment to lay out your product roadmap and, and to have a very unique offering that stands out in your industry and the product is the marketing for you because it just blows people away. It's hard to be there day one, but if you have a team, you have research, like you can, you can do that a little faster. And if you research the product well, and think about it, deeply considered solutions to problems, the best thing that's ever been created to solve that problem. That's the goal. Otherwise just keep selling courses. So that's super high level, but
1: I think that's where you have to start to create something. Yeah. 100%, 100%, that's really helpful. I had like a bunch of questions, but they're all low level. And now that you'll see all that, I'm not gonna ask them.
0: So come back um, in two weeks with a low level questions once you've baked in that stuff. Sure,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.